there was an emergency, would your family have enough water and non-perishable food to last three days? We asked families across the country. Here are some of their answers. We usually eat fresh food daily. In the pantry, we have canned tomatoes. Uh, really not survival food, tomato paste. The brand of dog food that I do purchase are edible by humans. Is your plan any better? To learn more about making an emergency plan for your family, go to ready.gov. This message brought to you by the U.S. Department of Homeland Security and the Ad Council. Um, September is preparedness month yes national preparedness month um i actually was going to play it there's a real that's a really old cd that i have and it has bush and clinton actually talking about being prepared so maybe i'll we can play that next week wait i won't be here next week <laughs> i got a job out of the country in the cayman islands just for a week <laughs> so that's pretty exciting yeah i'm going to go train a new solar company train all their workers so um this is Orda energy mon and this is tree song and we are, well, how many years? Um, 14, 15, 16? Over 9,000. Um, <laughs> I started doing this show in 1999. Tree Song, we think, came on in about 2001. Yeah. So regardless, both of us have been doing this show for a really long time. And um, I, I kind of like doing it. Yeah, I like doing this show. It's great. It helps. You know, we try to keep the listener informed and excited about these events, but we get excited, too, and we learn new things every day. So, um, are you part of the community that puts on this radio station? Please give us a call, 618-457-3691, to, well, be part of the community that puts this show on. Yes, you so. can join the WDBX Community Club, and you can pay a monthly payment to help keep us on the air. Yeah, it's like... You know, I know the times are tough sometimes economically, but I think of it as like a utility payment. You know, you pay to keep your lights on, you pay to keep your water on, you pay to keep your radio on. Well, some people might not want us to be on. <laughs> yeah. Do you think that's what people are saying? They, they might supporting? be. If they don't join the community club and they've got the money, then, you know, they may not want us to stay on the air. I wonder. <laughs> I feel kind of, um, you know, 15 years, 14 How many years is that? What year is it? <laughs> so, I think it's 2013. It's just like, um, I think 14 years of doing this is um, a big deal. And, yeah. and still bright and perky, except I forgot what year it is. <laughs> so um, should we talk about the news? One of the biggest news is, is it rained. Yes. After well over a month, I would say, of no rain. Yeah. Um, and that is a big deal for our area because, well... Things grow around here. They do sometimes. Depends on if it rains or not. <laughs> when it rains, sometimes things grow. Now, we finally got rain, but it's been completely and totally dry here, right? Yeah. Now, in Colorado, they got a thousand-year flood. Mm -hmm. I don't know how people kept track of, you know. Anyway, it's a flood of epic proportions. Yeah. I mean, literally, roads are completely gone Towns are completely gone. And basically, they got as much rain as they normally get in like three, three and a half months. Yeah, in all in day. like one day. That's a lot of rain. Yep. And so... Especially um, after it was dry there and then it rained. So, you know, the, uh, you know, the water... The, yeah, just alternating between drought and flood is not good for the land. Well, if it's really, really dry... This, the soil is so dry that it actually can't absorb it. Yeah. So the water just actually runs off. 
if it comes that fast. That's why the rain we have right now is like perfect yeah, after this, a drought. This is a great rain here. Yeah, it's nice, nice and drizzle. slow and gentle. Yeah, so. But a flood after a drought is not good times. Biblical hell has broken out over Colorado, where more than six inches of rain fell in 24 hours, contributing to flash floods that have killed at least three people, which is phenomenal that um, that's it. I mean, yeah. seeing the pictures and the videos and stuff of what's happened there. Um, yeah, there's whole, like, like train cars that are just, like, floating away because there's so much water. It's pretty crazy. Now, before you complain about our use of the term biblical, note that it's the word federal forecasters choose to describe the flooding in an official update on the National Weather Service website. Yes, so the National Weather Service has officially certified that this is biblical flooding. Right. And um, it wasn't 40 days and 40 nights, though. It, but it, there's about that much... Yeah, there's more than that amount of rain in one day, so it's kind of like 40 days and 40 nights of raining. I mean, and the amazing thing is is they've been suffering a long drought in the area, including unusually hot weather over the past few summers. The ground has been fairly hard, and then we, they had fires, which reduced the vegetation. So it's been worried for some time, you know. They've been worried some time because they knew if it rained, it would be a big deal. Yeah. Well, they were probably hoping, like we were, that, you know, let, let's get some, like, really light, mild rain. But that didn't quite happen. Yeah, so. Um, anything else we should talk about? I mean, why it happened? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I wonder I wonder if anybody is saying it's because they're all heathens in Colorado. <laughs> yeah, I haven't heard anyone say that yet. Really? Right? We and shouldn't we give haven't the, really got to that point. Yeah, I will admit I'm not a daily watcher of uh, any of the fundamentalists who usually say those things. But I haven't heard it so far. Well, that's because we're still in the emergency stage. Yeah. You don't kick them while they're down. Well, so I don't, I don't kick people while they're down. You Some know. people do. I remember there, there have been a few tragedies in the past few years where as the tragedy was happening, they were trying to blame it on the sinfulness of X, Y, Z. Well, when New Orleans got hit. Yeah. They were saying, you know, the, the you know the gay quarter of New Orleans is getting hit because, you know, all the hedonists, you know, they 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 deserve it. That's what people were actually saying while it was happening. Yeah, I do so, remember though. It was it was actually the storm was expected to hit during a a gay pride event, and then it hit slightly after. So some people believe that God was protecting the LGBT community, <laughs> but that's just a snarky counter argument to the whole. Fire and brimstone. So I want to know why the majority of this weather is affecting the Midwest. Mm -hmm. You know, the, 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 the hurricanes, of course, hit the coasts. But the more, majority of this um, hellish weather has been hit in the Midwest, where I thought it's fairly Christian. <laughs> yeah, well, it seems to be hitting just a smattering here and there and everywhere. So um, maybe it is attacking just uh, individual towns and people. <laughs> yeah. Or we could, instead of trying to figure out which cities have done bad things to try to get this weather, we could Wait turn to second. science. It's everybody is doing this. Yes. We are all bad people. <laughs> I, have, I have a question. I saw a car driving today that had an anti-fracking sticker on it. Mm -hmm. Now, the car is run off oil, right? Yeah. Fracking is oil. <laughs> so isn't it like... Sticking your foot in your mouth to say, I don't want fracking if it's on your car. <laughs> it is a great paradox. 
Uh, well, I also sometimes read environmentally themed poetry off of my smartphone. <laughs> and my smartphone is one of the ecologically destructive things that I own. Right. I don't own a car, but, you know, the smartphone is probably just as much of a carbon footprint. Um, we actually have had a debate this week about, um, I don't know if you know this, but the planning commission for the city on Wednesday voted to, um, their advisory board to the city council voted mm -hmm. to uh, recommend to the city to rezone a section of property for special use for a very large-scale solar project. Mm -hmm. We're talking like 20 to 30 acres. Yeah. That's a lot of solar. Right. And so the debate has been, is 20 or 30 acres sustainable? Is it like, you know, um, and, you know, some of the people in the community are saying, you know, that's not sustainable. You need to put solar on all the houses all over the place instead of in one spot. Yeah. But the place they want to put it on is um, a brownfield. Yeah. You know, it's, it can no longer be used for anything. Yeah, it can't be used for anything else, so you may as well use it for solar. And this, the solar they're actually doing is going to be non-penetrative of the soil. Because, mm -hmm. I mean, the issue is they have like a three-foot cap of soil above contaminated soil underneath. Yeah. And the idea is that that'll keep the contaminants from spreading. Mm -hmm. And then around the site, they have wells that they test to see if it keeps the contaminants from spreading. But you don't want to penetrate that cap. Yeah, because then they're So you can't build anything. Yeah. But if they're setting solar just on top of the soil... It's just basically, we use those type of solar arrays that we call them ballasted arrays. We put them on flat roofs. Mm -hmm. um, more and more, they're starting to put them on the ground also because they go up really quick. Yeah. There's no, you don't have to go into the ground. You just basically set a stru structure and then you put some bricks on it to hold it down. Yeah. And it's designed for 90 mile an hour wind, so, or engineered. For, yeah. Sounds so. pretty good. So, interesting debates in the community. Um... The balance of, you know, living your life as sustainable as possible, yet trying to make the world a better place. I don't know. Sometimes, sometimes things are contradictory. Yes, but sometimes. No matter what, you have to do better. Yeah, life is full of contradictions, but you can do what you can. Should, should we do anything about climate change? I don't know. Well, if we don't, according to this report, it will triple our costs. Yes. So maybe if it hits people in their pocketbook, we'll do something about saving ourselves. Mm -hmm. We might. And this is a conservative estimate here. It says that if the world puts off cooperative efforts to fight climate change until 2030, they will be more than three times as expensive as they would be in 2015. That's according to a study led by the Potsdam Institute for Climate Impact Research, published Wednesday in the journal Environmental Research Letters. A team of researchers modeled the economic impacts of possible international climate agreements and found that if the world starts in 2015 to take the difficult but necessary steps to limit global warming below 2 degrees, which we're actually not sure is possible still at this point, but we can try, then the international economic growth will be crimped by about 2%. But if they delay those steps up until 2030, it would mean that growth is curtailed by about 7%. And that's just referring to the effects of climate policies during the first decade. You know, it's, it's going to take effect over time, just as climate change takes effect over time. So it's like exponentially gets worse. Yeah. It's like an ounce of prevention is, more, is worth more than a pound of cure. Hey, I've heard people say that before. <laughs> Me too. Yeah. It's like way to use a popular saying. <laughs> it's like, so um, what should we do? 
I, I noticed that it is easier if you are um, lower on the food chain to be environmental. Mm-hmm. You don't have a car. You um, tend to be more energy efficient because you don't want to waste the energy because energy costs money. Um, an example is, you know, this last week, um, I turned the air conditioner off and I just, you know, ran fans sometimes because I didn't want to run up my utility bill, mm-hmm. you know. I was being energy efficient, but guess what? I'm saving the planet, too. <laughs> yeah. I didn't mean to, but... Yeah, sometimes yeah. economics and environmental impacts can go together in a positive way. So. People often try to pit it as this, this contest against jobs versus environmental factors, but they can really go together. Tar sands oil could be coming soon to New England. A citizen group in South Portland, Maine, is hoping to beat back an effort by big oil to pipe tar sands crude through their cities. Now, the group gathered enough signatures to put an initiative on the November ballot that would stymie oil companies' plans, and now the activists are going door-to-door to convince their neighbors to vote for it. Now, South Portland is a relatively quiet place where major news doesn't happen often. And uh, lobstermen and clamorers still make a living on the water. Now, when uh, this couple moved to this town, they didn't know that oil companies had plans for their area, too. Shortly after settling in, they found out that ExxonMobil um, and Enbrig's quiet efforts to reverse aging oil pipelines across Canada and swaths of Vermont New Hampshire and Maine aiming to pump heavy tar sands crude from Alberta to the East Coast. The oil would literally travel right under the street in front of her home and onto the ships to the town's shipyard where it would be ferried out to international markets. You know, it's interesting because it's reaching the point where it feels like to me that the oil companies are really struggling to find new sources of oil. Yeah. And they're going for the dirtier, you know, because that's what's available. They didn't use it in the past because it was harder to get to. And now they're trying to, you know, go for it. And um, they'll rally around the price of cheap fuel, you know. If we do this, we can keep the price of fuel cheap. Yeah, and this was predicted a decade or two ago, that this is what would happen as we started to use more oil, but now it's happening. And uh, it's important to keep an eye on these 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 other pipelines. People are focused on the Keystone XL, which is a very important pipeline that people are challenging. But they're also trying other methods of getting tar sands through the U.S. And there are many risks of uh, pipe leaks, all sorts of risks going on along the pipeline. I wouldn't want to have an oil pipeline under my house. Yeah, it's right under right under your house. That's that's quite a remarkable thing. In good news. Yes. In California some news. does something special. Yes. California wins the right to clamp down on carbon from gasoline and diesel. Have you ever read the book Ecotopia? I have, yes. I think California is trying to do that. Yeah, they're trying to fulfill that. It's a, it's a manifesto. Yeah. Ecotopia is a book about how <coughs> California actually succeeded from the union to become a clean place. Mm-hmm. And so... Where California goes, sometimes they lead the country because they are big. Yeah. They're, this, 
they're probably their own country. I mean, <laughs> yeah, the U.S. kind of seems like a few different separate countries strung together. But California can finally begin forcing producers, refiners, and importers of gasoline and diesel to reduce their effect on the climate, following a legal victory on Wednesday. The state began crafting its low-carbon fuel standard in 2007, an effort to reduce the carbon footprint of fuel sold in the state by 10%. The carbon footprint is calculated by considering a wide array of factors, such as transportation of the fuel and ways in which various biofuels are cultivated. Now, initially, energy interests sued claiming out-of-state producers were put at an unfair disadvantage because importing fuel increased their climate impact. And they won in 2011, but then on Wednesday, the ruling was tossed out, so now California is able to make such regulations. The decision allows California Air Resources Board to begin implementing the law and restores the state's ability to punish fuel wholesalers and refineries that sell gasoline or biofuels with carbon footprints that exceed the guidelines. So that's pretty impressive. I mean, it's still it's still fossil fuel, so it's still going to have a significant carbon impact, but they're trying to limit what that impact is. Well, in the book Ecotopia, they actually would fine countries if a cloud of carbon would come over, you know. <laughs> yeah. like, I mean, it seemed like in the book it's like Japan had a cloud of smoke come over from them and they like find them yeah you know, it's like basically you know you are polluting our airspace so we are you know in other good news <laughs> americans kids eating healthier getting fitter here's news as sweet as a fistful of blueberries american kids aged 11 to 16 were eating more fruit and vegetables in 2009 than those who came before them just eight years earlier, according to a study published Monday in the journal Pediatrics. Kids are also cutting back on sweets and sugary drinks, eating breakfast more regularly, spending more time exercising, and spending less time in front of the television, uh, the study found. Now, I can't, I'm not surprised about the television, because the television, at this point, they've done everything. You know, it's like... Real life is more exciting than television for kids nowadays. Yeah. Because, I mean, they're just like, Psh, TV's think, boring. They do all the same things all the time. I mean. Yeah, and they've also got, like, computers and smartphones to get some Right. So you can go jogging and while, while you're jogging, watch a TV show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just like, so. Um, that is good to hear, though, especially because part of why they try to do outreach to kids about diet and health and all that is because they form habits that last for their lifetime. So if they're eating their veggies now, then they may eat them when they're adults. Yep, and I think also the trend towards more local food increases the nutrition and the taste of food. Mm -hmm. I've always been the one that said eat local because I feel like if you eat local, you're getting the, you know, the fresh nutrition and you don't have to eat as much because you're getting full nutrition. Um, so... And your local community is getting nutrition, too. Just because it looks like a carrot, but if it's been picked, you know, a month ago, does not mean it has the nutrition of a carrot. Mm -hmm. So, today is Friday the 20th of September. Does that mean it's almost fall? <laughs> yes, it's almost fall. <laughs> it's sneaking up on us. Um, the UN opening of the Grand Assembly today... Oh, yes, and coming up on Saturday, we have the U.N. International Day of Peace. And then Sunday, first day of fall, it's the autumn equinox. 
fall begins in the northern hemisphere, but spring begins in the southern hemisphere. Yes. Uh, those contrarians in the southern hemisphere like celebrating it. spring when we start celebrating fall. Sunday is International Day of Radiant Peace and Hobbit Day and also Elephant Appreciation Day. Mm. I hope you remember that one. Yes. It's also the anniversary of the ice cream cone. That's pretty exciting. Coming up on Monday, it's Celebrate Bisexuality Day. It's also Checkers Day and Hug a Vegetarian Day. And Love Note Day. So if you know a vegetarian or a bisexual, send them a love note. Yes. So I bet a lot of bisexual vegetarians will be getting a lot of love notes on I that day. I hope so. Monday. <laughs> Tuesday is Family Health and Fitness Day in the USA. One day a year. Be healthy as a family. Yes. Um... National Hunting and Fishing Day, National Public Lands Day, and also National Punctuation Day, and that's next Tuesday. Oh, and it's the birthday of Jim Henson, the puppeteer, the creator of the Muppets. And in China, the birthday of Confucius. Confucius say, Tuesday <laughs> is my birthday. <laughs> <laughs> all right, and Wednesday is National One-Hit Wonder Day, so all of those bands that only had one hits that you know... We get to play all their songs on Wednesday. Luckily, it's the anniversary of the first woman Supreme Court justice, and luckily that was not a one-hit wonder. Yes. <laughs> all right. Uh, we also have uh, Thursday is Family Day. It's a day to eat dinner with your children. It's also UN World Maritime Day. It's the birthday of Johnny Appleseed, T.S. Eliot, George Gershwin, and Shemu, the aquatic entertainer. <laughs> Today is Friday. September 20th, and at 6 to 9 p.m. today is the Carbondale Community Friday Night Fair. Free music, food court, farmer's market, and I think it's just to the end of the month, so get your chance to get out there with your family and enjoy the great community atmosphere. Yes, time is running out. You get to a couple more chances to see the Friday Night Fair. Also coming up tonight, this is part of the Be the Change series. It's open mic night over at Guy House. 913 South Illinois. They do that every Friday, but this particular Friday they've got a theme with a social justice theme. The theme is marriage equality. They're inviting performances about marriage or equality or marriage equality. <laughs> so it's a wide range of topics there, but it's in celebration of another event going on. It's the SIU Department of Theater's upcoming stage reading of Dustin Lance Blake Black's Play 8. That's a play that's based on the federal court case of Proposition 8 in California. So it explores the different sides of the marriage equality issue and the impact it has on people's lives. So the play is on Saturday at SIU at McLeod Theater, but the open mic night is on Friday tonight at Guy House Interfaith Center. On Saturdays, we have two farmer's markets. The Carbondale Farmer's Market in the West Town parking lot is from 8 until noon. And then in the Carbondale Community High School... There is uh, the Community Farmer's Market from 9 until 1. That's rain or shy. Might have to be rain. <laughs> There's a lot, a lot of vegetables right now. Yeah. Vegetables, fruit, uh, meat, flowers, herbs, and people. <laughs> yes. It's really fun to actually talk to the person who grows your food. It seems to be very, um, I don't know soul satisfying yeah 
Because otherwise you think the food just appears magically on the shelf and you don't really appreciate. It takes someone to plant the seed. Well, that food that is on the shelves in stores, some of it seems very magical, how <laughs> perfect it is. Yeah. There was actually, I just read a report that 40% of vegetables are thrown away because they're too ugly. <laughs> I've heard about that. You know? And, I mean, <clears throat> we have to do a campaign that ugly food is still good food. Yeah, save the ugly food. <laughs> save the ugly food. Well, that's what ha- a lot of heirlooms look like. They look really like with, they have spirit. They yeah. have attitude. They're wrinkled. They have colors. I had this one tomato once. It was called an ugly tomato. I think it was U L G U G L I, but it was it was very good. It was very tender and tasty, and it it looked very you know twisted, <laughs> but it was very delicious. It's like so. So save the ugly food. Also on Saturday is the Women's Center yard sale from nine until one. The Women's Center is at six ten South Thompson Street in Carbondale. This is their. Um, Yard sale to benefit the Domestic Violence Program Children's Christmas Party. That's a big one. So all the children who are part of the Domestic Violence Program have a chance to get Christmas presents and a Christmas party by people buying stuff at the yard sale. Yeah, so it's a win-win for everybody. You get some good deals on stuff at the yard sale, and some kids who have been going through some hard times get a nice Christmas party. All right, also going on this weekend on Sunday, it's the 5th Annual Community Pride Picnic. Coming up on this Sunday from 1 p.m. to 5 p.m. at the Church of the Good Shepherd, United Church of Christ, 515 South Orchard Drive in Kyrendale. Now, they've done this before. This is going to be the biggest and most action-packed one ever. They're going to have a bouncy tent there. They're going to have food, games, prizes, music, all sorts of speakers. It's going to be a good time. I'm actually planning on going to that. It's uh, at 1 p.m. to 5 p.m. at the Church of the Good Shepherd. On Monday, there's a new program happening at the Guy House Interface Center, Native American Church Talking Circle. Talking Circle includes songs, specific teachings from traditions, and open-ended discussion counseling in which the ends, needs of each participant are addressed. So... They want each person to leave with a teaching, a medicine to help them through the challenges of life. That's on Monday at 5.30 at the Guy House Interface Center. Yes, and on Wednesday at the Town Square Pavilion at noon, it's the Brown Bag Concert and Lunch Series, one of the last ones of the season. It's going to be featuring Christine Bauer this week. That's noon at the Town Square Pavilion. Have you heard of Eco Dogs? They're back, and they're planning to do a bunch of things. Are you interested in joining EcoDogs? The next EcoDogs meeting is Thursday, September 26th at 5 p.m. in the Mackinac Room of the Student Center. They're the ones that brought, well, the green fee to the university and have done a lot of environmental things for the university. Yes. It's good to see them coming back. We also have the Super Splash Park Groundbreaking Ceremony. People have been talking about this pool for years, and now it's finally going to be there. Uh, the groundbreaking is on next Friday, September 27th at 11.30 a.m. at the Carbondale Superblock, 601 South Lewis Lane in Carbondale. I guess the rest of it we should announce next week, but we want to let you know that next Friday is the For Kids Sake 10 5K 
Run Walkathon. That's next Friday. And then mark your calendar for October 8th. The solar will be on the Carbondale City Council agenda. And mark your calendar for Saturday, October 12th. It'll be the 70th, 70th anniversary celebration of the Guy House Interface Center. Yes. So. All right. We hope to see you again on the radio next week. Yes, next week. Same bat time, same bat channel. Well, do we have the money to pay the utility bills? I don't know. Have we gotten any calls? We need calls at 618-457-3691. If you join the WDBX Community Club, you can help keep us on the air. And if you call right now, you'll get to talk to Tresunger I about all the stuff we've talked about on the show. Yeah, you can tell us what a wonderful show it was or what an awful show, but either way, you can help keep us on the air. Yeah, please give us a call and just tell us what you think of our show, because we usually don't have much interaction with our listeners. Yeah, occasionally. We we do have a Facebook page, and we do have um, a website, yourcommunityspirit.org, where we put our show on each week. Yes. So if you like to listen to past shows... And I have become a member of the community club today, so you can do it too. 618-457-3691. All right. Someone's calling in, and we will talk to you again on the radio again. Next week, I will be gone. I will try to call in from the Cayman Islands. We'll see what happens.